Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Everybody, welcome in to Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 380. We're running on a little holiday time, but we are here. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI as well to watch the show live each and every Wednesday. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot to dive into uh, regarding our MVP number three uh, and a whole bunch of Sixers odds and ends as well. But before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. I got the hoodie on right now. Cyber Monday, right around the corner, guys. Black Friday, right around the corner. Uh, go to TomahawkShades.com to get all of your holiday needs fulfilled. Sunglasses, blue light glasses, hoodies, shirts, they got it. TomahawkShades.com. And when you go to check out, use our code USP to get 25% off your entire order uh, on quality eyewear for an affordable price. And that website and code are in the Twitch chat as well. Uh, so TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP. Our friends at Stateside, Urban Craft Vodka. The small batch black label bourbon is now available for a limited time. Go to statesidevodka.com, get the black label bourbon while you can. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, go to kenwoodbeer.com and use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream, you know? We, uh,. We got snubbed last week with Zach Wheeler uh, not getting the Cy Young Award, even though he rightfully deserved it. Uh, but the voters did get the MVP vote right, and Bryce Harper is the 2021 National League Most Valuable Player. And, uh, you know, he looking back at it and just remembering the season that Bryce Harper had, it just makes you think what numbers he could have put up if he didn't get hit in the face. And it's probably going to go down as one of the more, you know, memorable and historic seasons offensively for a Phillies player in franchise history. Yeah. Um, it was a fantastic year. And I mean, if you looked at his season prior to, he had uh, some pretty unreal uh, stretches there and he was able to kind of piece that together more comprehensively over this past season. And, it's kind of crazy because we've been lucky to have like <laughs> some pretty much like I would guess, I don't know, four fifths of the best individual Philly seasons ever. We've been alive to bear witness to. So that's pretty cool. Um, and it, I think one positive of this, too, is like people have been bringing up a lot of uh, like the Ryan Howard years mm -hmm. and Chase Sutley and Jimmy Rollins. And it's like, yeah, it's nice. There's one thing Philly's fans will do 
is they will never miss an opportunity to nostalgia it up. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to like in 15 years, us talking about uh, Bryce and this season in not quite a similar way. Cause I don't know that we're going to win, win a world series in the next four or five years mm-hmm. uh, to really make it feel like, wow, this was part of something, but uh, we will we will eulogize him the same way one day. Yeah, and you know it also gets stirred up because uh, for the first time, Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins on the Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, Jimmy Rollins jokingly, I believe either this year or a couple years ago, said, "Yeah, you know it would have been really cool, you know, for the three of us, including Chase, to go in at the same time." But he decided to play fifteen more years uh, <laughs> after we were all said and done. But you know. Looking at what Bryce was able to do, win that MVP, um, it just goes to show you that you have pieces in play. Build around the guy that you spent the you know three hundred thirty million dollar contract on. This team could be a a contender, but that just goes to show time and time again that you know they haven't fully invested in going for it all. And when you have what could be. I heard somebody bring this up as well. Like, Zach Wheeler and Bryce Harper could go down as the best free agent signings in Philly's history. Philly sports history. I mean, (laughs) I I can't think of... The only other one I can think of is Cliff Lee when he snubbed the Yankees and said, I'm not going there, and came back after we traded him. Yeah, I I really can't think of a, a a better free agency, like addition in Philly sports overall. Um, Yeah, I think he's fantastic. So it's it's hard to argue, right? Like those are like the top three and they all happened in our lifetime with Cliff Lee, Zach Wheeler and Bryce Harper. So I just I wanted I wanted to look this up just to be sure. Moses Malone is the only other one I could like that was the first one that was like that's the only other guy that I think we've signed. I wanted I couldn't remember if we traded for him or if yeah he was a he was a free agent. Um, But yeah, I mean comes and wins a championship <laughs> like and it's just absolutely fantastic for us um yeah and i mean he won, won an mvp that season so you can see, yeah, yeah moses malone and like bryce harper and zach wheeler <laughs> i think are like genuinely on the uh, mountain rushmore i don't know who else you'd even philadelphia has never really been a big free agents like destination i guess you could tobias I mean, harris <laughs> you can make the argument jim tomey when he signed here initially because it helped like get Citizens Bank Park like yeah. rolling. I mean, Nick Foles. But again, Nick that's Foles, a guy that Nick you Foles drafted. Nick Foles for like, impact, you know, is like definitely mm-hmm. up there. But like... As a full-blown player. I don't know that like Nick Foles... Yeah, like especially because he was drafted too. Like that, mm-hmm. that like it feels It was more just one like of those a, comeback stories. Yeah, like so he was brought back. Else. It's not going to feel quite like we signed this guy... And, you know, led to, like, amazing success. And Nick Foles, obviously, like, he wins the Super Bowl, but, like, it wasn't, like, an outstanding individual mm-hmm. season. If Nick Foles had been, like, Carson Wentz all year, then yes. Yeah. I think that's probably more more fair. But, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard also hard, weird yeah. because, like, free agency wasn't really a, a concept until, you know, right, relatively recent in the grand scheme of sports. But... To think that, you know, over the last two years, the Phillies have gone out and signed two of the best free agents possible. Uh, it should just indicate more and more that they need to continue to push all their chips into the middle and, and go for this thing. And thankfully, they did not push their chips into the middle on Steven Matz, who got a four-year, $48 million contract from the St. Louis Cardinals. But 
Matt's gonna met and Steve Cohen was in his feelings about Steven Matt's not coming back to the Mets. I don't know if you saw the tweet. I did not. Um, it is Steve Cohen being on Twitter is a tough look. I just want to read Moses Malone's uh, like achievements: thirteen-time All Star, six-time Total Rebound champ, wins a championship in '83 with the Sixers, eight-time All NBA, two times All Defensive. ABA all-time team. He's in the 74-75 all-rookie team. He's the finals MVP in 83 and a three-time MVP, and he made uh, the NBA 75th anniversary team. <laughs> Chairman of the boards. What a nickname. That is a really freaking good nickname. <laughs> <laughs> he played 42, 42 minutes wow. a night in the 81-82 season. Jesus. God almighty. <laughs> That's why he's the chairman. Oh, Jesus. God, Moses Malone. What a guy. What a legend. Wow. 42 minutes a night. That's like unthinkable now. It's like a few seasons before he's at 41.3. What's the one Wilt Chamberlain one where it's like he averaged for a season like 46 or something? Yeah. It's just like never going to happen again. (laughs) Just literally just impossible. Uh Steve Cohen tweeting this morning. This is like right when he's waking up. Like he's got Twitter fingers waking up from a deep sleep and said, I'm not happy this morning. I've never seen such unprofessional behavior exhibited by a player's agent. I guess words and promises don't matter. (laughs) Get it in writing then, you nerd. And then uh, Steven Matz's agent. uh, You can't be that, that mad online when you're a billionaire who owns a sports team. You got to like reel it in because you can't Elon Musk it. You got to just like compose yourself. This one. Someone needs to take the Twitter away from Steve Cohen, I think. It's even better that this one is a statement from Steven Matz's agent. And it's not in the notes app. This is via text message to Ken Rosenthal. Uh, We are aware of Mr. Cohen's tweet. It's unfortunate that he chose to take his frustrations to Twitter. I will not do the same Instead, I'm going to text it to Ken Rosenthal, and instead we'll take uh, the high road, which is consistent with both my character and the character of our client. Steven Matz grew up a Mets fan, loved his time there, and continues to invest in the New York community through his efforts supporting New York's first responders. As a result of all that, uh, there was a strong pull uh, to return to the Mets, but ultimately he made the decision he felt was best for him and his family. Steven is and always will be grateful to the Mets and Mets fans, but he now looks forward to his next chapter with the tremendous franchise in St. Louis. It's really, it's really funny. Mets gonna Met, baby. You can't like you just, you can't be tweeting that. That doesn't help. At eight fifty one in the morning. That's a rough look. That's on. That is almost definitely like, that's the first thing you're dealing with that morning, and you you, you tweet it out. <laughs> tweet through be, it. You can't be tweeting through it. You can't go full Musk. You just can't. <laughs> I can't wait to see what other uh, free agents just snub the Mets now this offseason. By the way, Will Chamberlain, 48 and a half minutes Jesus. averaged through the course of a season. <laughs> Techn- a whole game. Technically when he was playing in uh, Philly, but that's insane. Yeah. I mean, I, sometimes, you know, I'll just go like that season, by the way, he averaged 50.4 points and 25 <laughs> rebounds a night. <laughs> casual shit jesus <laughs> that's insane he attempted on average 39 and a half shots a game it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life 
just stupid, dude. That's craziness. That's absolutely insane. Just, just truly one of the all-time. You know what's crazy too is like back then they didn't like keep track of all the stats mm-hmm. that we do now. It's so like we don't even know like blocks and steals. I can only imagine it's just absolutely just a murder show every night. That is one guy that like go back in time or like like transport to this time just mm-hmm. to because like talk about just like one of the best athletes ever. Like Jesus Christ, Wilt the Stilt. What a beast. My favorite thing about like basketball reference is like it's like Wikipedia, the nicknames, and that mm-hmm. people can like edit these. Yeah, and so some of them are like some of them are legitimate, and some of them are like um, Big Musty for Wilt <laughs> Chamberlain. Who's calling Wilt Chamberlain Big Musty? There's no way that that's real, right? <laughs> that's like awful. <laughs> am I like telling on myself by not knowing that? Big Musty. I've heard Wilt the Stilt. Yeah. The other ones they have is the Big Dipper, Dippy, heard that. Dip, the Load, dip. the Load, Big Musty, and the Record Book. The Record Book feels like a, a lifetime kind of yeah. uh, nickname. Like people refer to him as the Record Book. I've heard the Big Dipper before. But the I'd other heard ones... the Big Dipper before as well, but Jesus, <laughs> Big Musty. I would hate myself if that was my nickname. Big Musty feels like kind of. I don't know. Feels like feels like a, a feels a little mean. Yeah. Uh, also, a little update on last week's episode too. I openly invited Charlie Goldsmith to come on the podcast uh, to explain himself. No response. Um, he was the one, huh? He was. He the was guy. the one. I, I saw it pop up on the Twitter machine, and I said, "Ah, oh, here's the guy. Uh, he covers the the Reds and the Bengals for Enquirer." Uh, which is just a Pulitzer Prize-winning local journalism brought to you by Cincinnati.com. Uh, so Charlie Goldsmith, once again, open invite. This is this is strike number two. Strike number three, we got to have a deliberation and potentially ban you from underground sports. Just to go back to Will Chamberlain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was looking at the per-game numbers, and I was like scrolling down, and I'm like, his, he might be the only player in history that when you give him the per-36... He's actually the worst player. Really? Because he just plays so many yeah. more minutes. Like, he's averaging, you know, like 47 minutes a game. So <laughs> when you cut it down to just 36, he's only averaging 38 a night. <laughs> like, I don't think there's another NBA player in history that you could do that to. Because no. typically, per 36 bumps you a little bit. A little bit, Like, yeah. makes it makes you look nice. Wow. I don't think there's another player in history that for the career... That if you put them on a per 36, it would actually do, like, significant. Like, he's going from averaging 50 points to, like, 38. <laughs> wow. That's just stupid. And even then, like, averaging 38 points is bananas. He had 23 fucking win shares in the 61-62 season. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. That's, That's so insane. Stupid. That is so, so stupid. Keep it 100. Like, God almighty. That's oh. one moment I'd like to transport back to in time. When people always ask that question, oh, what moment in sports would you want? I would want to see Wilt Chamberlain put up 100 points in an NBA game. That would be. Because it seems almost impossible. Yeah, like, it would be, uh, would be spectacular. And the fact that there's, like, no video evidence of it, because it didn't exist back then. 
I would love to have witnessed that. Yeah, I'm just trying to find uh I'm trying to find like someone today that we can look at their career win shares and get like just a good idea of like what LeBron. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm trying to find, but they uh because you know, we actually have a lot more stats now. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. LeBron's best ever win share season was 0809 with the Cavs with 20.3. But I think that's also with like, you know, we we better track stats now. Mm-hmm. I, I have to imagine that Wilt Chamberlain probably if we were like accurately tracking all statistics and they had a three-point line. That's a crazy thing too. It just existed in like a completely different yeah time and space continuum like he's just on a different yeah so 20.3 win shares compared to 23 for Wilt's best season frequently above the 20 mark LeBron's only only hit 20 in the 08-09 season and Wilt was doing that like regularly (laughs) that's just stupid that's wild the Cavs win the title that year no that was when they that was after they lost to the Spurs yeah, that was when they got beat by the Magic, I believe, okay. 08, 09. Is, it was the Magic year. Yeah, because it was Magic Lakers. Yeah. Jeez. That was, that was the Dwight Howard uh, dominance <laughs> year. It's funny because Dwight Howard now is like, you know, this like great role player. Mm-hmm. Like people like, you know, he's just like a, a, a rotation guy. But like, it is weird that this guy used to be like, the guy. right behind LeBron. Like if you were like starting over a team mm-hmm. and you were like doing like a draft, like, he was number two. Yeah. Like, and there was like a year or two there where people were like, well, actually, they're good. they were wrong. But they were like, I think I'd rather have Dwight Howard. But it was like, you weren't like a total psycho for mm-hmm. saying that. Like, you were stupid, but it was like, all right, well, like, I can see the argument. Like, it was like, <laughs> it was so un- good. <laughs> Unbelievable. And the fact that he wasn't on the 75th anniversary team over Anthony Davis is bit of a snub. Crazy. Just a bit. Anthony Davis stinks, man. <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain, my goat. Then like he he retired from basketball and then just like played uh, professional volleyball after mm-hmm. he just like immediately was like yeah I'm just gonna go like dominate another sport <laughs> just crazy gonna... just crazy wonder if Embiid will do that I bet Embiid will probably Embiid's gonna go play soccer or something yeah so Will Chamberlain's best ever win share season was 25 wow. in the 63-64 season that's bananas he had six seasons with above 20 win shares Jesus <laughs> Christ. That I can't, it's hard to put into words just how stupid that is. That's wild. Just wild. Um 
Well, being on the topic of the Sixers. Do we have to? We don't have to. We could just... <laughs> and beat allegedly on the way back. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, hopefully everything is, is okay with Joel, obviously. Um, but if, if any of this just absurd stretch of Sixers games has taught us anything, it's that, I mean, Tyrese Maxey is just the real deal. Tyrese Maxey, fantastic to watch. Um he has been like the main benefactor, I think, from all the injuries and the COVID issues that we've had and Ben Simmons being out, like that is that is the guy that at least is like your consolation prize mm-hmm. for like all this is getting Tyrus Maxey um a lot of time in the limelight. I saw this, this is from uh Brock Landis. Allen Iverson's first twenty five starts, twenty two points per game, forty percent field goal percentage, thirty three percent from three, sixty five percent from the line. And Bede's first 25 starts, 19 points per game, 47 from the field, 37 from three-point, 78% from the free-throw line. Maxie's first 25 starts, 18 points per game, 52% from the field, 39% from three, and 86 from the free-throw line. Maxie just turned 21, AI was 22, and Embiid was 23. Wow. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, but... You know, sounds like a franchise superstar to me. He's been he's obviously developing well. Um, I think the interesting about him too is low turnovers, like incredibly low for a guy that's been running the offense as much as he has and barely has any like experience. Right at one, the NBA level, obviously, and barely played in college. Yeah, like this is a guy that's still like. By the way, I think like just recently has been in the league for a year mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like, like <laughs> a couple days ago almost. like i think yeah i think it was like exactly a year ago now that like, like when was the 2020 nba draft uh he's just really been fantastic yeah, so like far this season. six days ago yeah november 19th was last year drafted. was when he was drafted so he is um <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he's been he's been very smart and I think like so often like young guards especially you expect them to fail and take time to really uh like develop and, and grow into the game and especially like turnovers can be an issue and scoring can be an issue, but he has just been I think fantastic to watch. Um has certainly eased the burden of not having been. Mm-hmm. I'll say this though, the Sixers as a whole, ten and eight not ideal uh <laughs> and obviously yeah, i mean Embiid's gonna hopefully be back this saturday against the timberwolves have the feel for the timberwolves having to, i mean there's your reward is getting Embiid. yeah you know like everyone else has gotten to beat up on the sixers pretty much um shockingly beat the nuggets in uh in prime time last week mm-hmm. and with tobias and seth out just cruise past the Kings, which is, I don't know where that ranks in the Kings' most like disappointing and embarrassing losses in history because they unfortunately have many to count. Yeah. Uh, that has to be up there. 100%. I mean, that has to be one of the hardest ones to take. But I will say this. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully not having a stretch like this again mm-hmm. at any point this season because – the the games haven't even been like that interesting or fun to watch. 
I, obviously the only benefit I think is it's let some of like the younger guys and like some of the, the players that would normally be on the bench, obviously getting more minutes throughout mm-hmm. all this. And I think that is helpful overall, but I mean, this is not a winning team without Embiid. No. And I, I think we had, uh, when we talked about the over under at the start of the season, like you're one Embiid injury away from definitely being below 50 wins. And yeah. I mean, this team is on track for that now. Um, and obviously it wasn't in Embiid injury, but like this COVID absence has just absolutely sucked. And it's felt like the longest. It's been three weeks. Yeah. Like his last game was against the Bulls on November 6th. It's November 25th tomorrow. 18 days. He might be back for the Wolves. Might be back for the Wolves this Saturday, the 27th. Jesus. It's going to be three weeks if he plays that day. Since we last saw Embiid. That sucks. And it's felt like months. It has felt like a whole season. <laughs> I guess the good thing is, is like the East. I mean, obviously, like, I think you realistically have to say like your chances at like the top two or three seeds are probably gone with this stretch. I think it's that's a lot of ground to make up. The math is very much against you. But um, the East is still like very tight race. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're you're really out of it. Um you know, and I, again, hopefully he's back and he was able to get, get right back to where he was because this is really like crammed in the middle. I think there's only like a half game uh, between where we're at now and like the fifth seed. Mm-hmm. So it's way too early to be thinking about like playoff stuff, of course. But yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> there's only between fifth and ninth in, in the East right now. It's, it's a half game difference. So that's where you're at. And we're not the only team that's struggling early on either. You know, there's been other teams without the injury yeah. problems that we've had. I, I think that's the one you could look at this like positive or negative, right? From the Sixers, the, the negative view is like this team sucks without Embiid, which we already knew, and there's no like Ben Simmons uh, solution on the horizon, and you know we, we've just been bad. We're sitting ten and eight, We're, like a play-in team right now. The positive spin is like I don't know that you could have. Outside of like season ending stuff, I don't mm-hmm. know that you could have had like a worse last month of Sixers. <laughs> and yet you're still like, all right, you're ten and eight, which is not ideal. And you've you've dropped off from where you were, but uh you're still like very much fine. Mm-hmm. Like you're still like within touching distance of everyone. So it's early enough in the season that you can make up ground. You are only you're only three games back of the Nets. Like you can make that up, sure. It's gonna be difficult, but you can make it up. Like there's, there's at least room to, to improve here for the Sixers. And I don't think we can even discuss how important the return of Matisse was. We all know the traditional Big Four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest-growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Yeah, definitely. Like... Career high in points in his return. His defense was stellar. 
he is just so important to this team. And, yeah. you know, we were on the Matisse train from the jump when, when the Sixers drafted him. And it almost seemed like everybody was just so quick to just be, like, ready to throw him in any trade for a superstar. Which, like, you can understand it from the, the James Harden perspective last year and everything. But, like, right now, if there's any trade that rolls around, I don't think you can put Matisse Thibel in it. There's very few. Yes, the list is small. It is not the 30-man list that apparently yeah. we were after for Ben Simmons. <laughs> there are 30 men that I will trade you for. <laughs> That's bizarre. Um, I do think like Matisse has obviously shown his value. Um, we need more consistency from him, of course. But, yeah, I, I mean, he's been uh, he's been someone I, I've been really happy with. And, and him and Maxi both, like, mm-hmm. I think people were okay with moving both of them on if it meant like a James Harden or uh Damian Lillard like those are like franchise altering players so it makes sense but you know I, I especially both of them now I think have really shown their value you know we talked a lot about the defensive numbers too that the Sixers had suffered without Embiid and part of that was also not having Thibel out there like I think I do believe he's a big part of that um yeah, I hope he brings it tonight cuz it's <laughs> cuz we have to go into uh <laughs> against Golden State um go get to play against the very much seems like going to be MVP Steph Curry. Uh-huh. Just get absolutely buzzsawed by I will say this though, the Sixers even when they were terrible always played the Warriors pretty well. Yes. They always played the Warriors pretty well, so maybe maybe there's just something to that for us. Um Did you see the interaction with Doc Rivers and Buddy Heald? I did not. So Buddy it, you can't you can't make out what he was saying, but Buddy comes over to Doc during a timeout late in that Kings game, covering his face and like talking to Doc Rivers, and Doc like smiles and laughs with him, uh, and everybody's just like, "Oh, it's only a matter of time until Buddy heals the Sixer." <laughs> no thanks. Uh, so I just wanted to look up. So we we in the fifteen sixteen season when the Warriors were you know truly fantastic, only lost by three. And that's pretty good. <laughs> and by 12. But I remember those games being pretty competitive. Yeah. Pretty competitive years. Uh, and then the 14-15 the season, we lost by, by five Then We got absolutely walloped. I, wasn't that like a real bad injury night? The 14-15 one where we lost by 40? Was something happened like in the lead up to that that it was like very obviously just going to go south for us? I can't quite remember. I mean, oh. that was truly... Uh, you want to know who our our leading scorer? Wow, this is a throwback. You know who the leading scorer was Ooh. in the fourteen fifteen game, which we lost one hundred and twenty six to eighty six. This is the twenty fourteen fifteen season. Do you like to know who the Sixers' highest scorer was? This is a guy that is fourteen fifteen. This is a true process guy here. All right, one question: Are they still in the league? I don't believe he is. I'm. I'm. Pretty certain he is. He's a big man. I will give okay. you a hint. He's a big man. It's got to either be Jakar Sampson or Hollis Thompson. No. Good no. guesses. Jakar Sampson did play in this game. It was Henry Sims. Oh, 19 points. Wow. Hey, 9 to 13 from the field, baby. I'll take that. Henry Sims. Uh, here's... <laughs> Henry Sims, Robert Cummington, Nerlens Noel, Jakar Sampson, Michael Carter Williams. 
Now that's a roster. Malcolm Thomas, Tony Roten, Jeremy Grant, KJ McDaniels, Furkan Aldemir. Lugan Bamute, left calf strain. Hollis Thompson, upper respiratory infection, did not play. <laughs> oh my god. We got the upper here. respiratory dates back even to that. Yeah. Smoking the, the hookah, I guess. That's, that was our problem then. Who knows? Yeah, here's the uh, the Buddy Heel Doc Rivers interaction. Buddy's just like, get me the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> no shot. I don't see it happening. No. I, I don't... I don't I don't know where it goes. I don't know where it goes from here. I don't know that, uh, that Buddy Heel is the solution. I don't know that the Sixers need, like... A shooter again. Yeah, I saw that there is. A, there's been a lot of rumors about Jeremy Grant. Funnily enough, um, if Tobias wasn't making here, his I'd way say back, yes. maybe you get rid of Tobias. Who knows? The low key amazing move to be made would be somehow mm-hmm. getting off Tobias while moving Ben. Don't know how that happens, but um, that would be. Don't you feel like Jeremy would be like that ideal like? So like Jeremy Grant in like a Ben Simmons trade is gonna be playing defensively very similar to Ben. Mm-hmm. I think the only issue is then like you have, you're very much depending on Tyrese for like creation. Yeah. And like, I know we've talked a lot about how good Tyrese Maxey has been uh, efficiency wise. I don't know that he's like the, I don't know that he's like a ceiling razor just yet. I mm-hmm. think he can be, but like, I don't know that Tyrese Maxey even super young. Yeah. Even in this season is not going to be someone that really like raises your ceiling necessarily. Um, from like a playmaking standpoint, I think he can certainly like score like mm-hmm. very effectively. Like that is something he can obviously do at a very high level. But um, yeah, like I don't know where that leaves you with like any kind of playmaking and things like that. Yeah, so I, I think Jeremy Pistons trade rumor was very interesting. I so like I think it would overall be reacted to very negatively because especially like Jeremy Grant has been a Sixer before. I think mm-hmm. people just associate him with like his time here previously and, and all that like and jeremy grant is not a superstar mm-hmm. and this whole holdout now this this entire uh which i'm thoroughly convinced this whole benson we're not getting a superstar for him there, i think i no... think it's hard to imagine a scenario where that happens simply because how many times do you acquire a superstar yeah. in a trade is already <laughs> incredibly limited but you know like things out of your control have to go correctly for that to happen. Like someone has to be upset mm-hmm. with their current situation or whatever. Um, and interesting because the Blazers right now are in a bit of a conundrum with their leadership within the team because there's investigations about hostile work environments. Um, and there's no, cre- there's no clear person who's even in charge right now of the Blazers, <laughs> which is like interesting uh, in of itself. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I would be, I would be kind of surprised now if, um, if this, if the Sixers end up getting someone back, like of like superstar value. I think you're you're mostly looking. I think the Detroit trade was like the rumors: Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, and one or two picks. Yeah, which Sadiq Bay. I it's would love here, it's but like, it's also like, why would Detroit trade him when he pairs well? With that's the thing too. Is like from Detroit's perspective, I'm not Cade. sure why you're doing that exactly. I'm not sure why you're in like a rush to pay Ben Simmons. Yeah, don't know. Um, Especially when him and Kate Cunningham are 
kind of similar. Yeah, like I'm not sure that that's like a, an ideal fit there. I think defensively he fits well there, yeah. but like I just yeah, it's it's a strange one. I I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't love that trade, but I think of like of like the mid tier trades. That's mm-hmm. one of your better ones, and I think like Sixers fans have to, and myself included. It's not like I'm like preaching, but I think I think we have to like just become more comfortable with the idea that. Um, and this is out of our control, but that it's it's not going to be Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that like we kind of snowballed that into like our belief, but uh, I, I the more time goes on and the more like this gets dragged out, I think like we are just going to take like a Jeremy Grant type, like mm-hmm. a guy who is not. I don't think Jeremy Grant raises your ceiling. I don't think he's like the quote unquote like play a uh, difference maker that we're like yeah. that we're apparently like waiting out for. Um, but if you can get like a very good like draft, and I I have felt this way the entire time that if you can get like a very good like draft like package, like if you can get like two picks, you can move those picks mm-hmm. to something else, like right. and and be a little more flexible and like it's like the old like you remember like the Sam Hinkie trade flow charts yep. where it's like trade this pick to get these two picks, trade this guy to get one more pick, trade those. You like you can make one asset into four if you're smart, and I think the Sixers could potentially do something like that or, um, you know, use it when, use those assets when, when they're, they're best. Um, so I don't know. I, again, I still am the belief that until December 15th, I'm not even taking any, any trade super seriously because that's when, yeah, that's when it's more likely that we see at least something more tangible than, than what we have now. Quick, little fun Sixers segment that will be brought to you by our friends at pickup. You guys can start playing the hottest headlines in sports by going to playpickup.com. Follow them on Twitter with their new Twitter handle at PickupHQ. Uh, you rack up points, cash them in for prizes. PlayPickup.com. Matt, there was the 30-man list of uh, you know potential players that the Sixers would trade Ben Simmons for. Who do you think is the most obscure player on that 30-man list? That like probably wouldn't come to mind, but that's a guy Daryl Moore would be like, yeah, I'll trade Ben Simmons for him. Man. Hard to know who because we don't have the list itself. <laughs> that would definitely yeah. help. Um, see, like the 30-man list, I'm assuming, is essentially just the best 30 players in the league. And as far as like as far as like who Daryl would be willing to trade him for, I think for like the average Sixer fan. SGA would be like mm-hmm. Shy Gil just Alexander would probably be like I don't I don't think your normal Sixer fan is like listen I'd be like oh who like you I, and I, I, I th- would lose our minds yeah like that would be amazing I I would love that but I think for like the average fan would probably be like all right I don't really know who that is because he plays on the Thunder mm-hmm. and like and it's <laughs> not you know he he was like shut down by the team last year too so um he would be amazing so I think for like the average person that would be the more the most obscure. Like, not even sure that he's a top 30 player, but I think, like, fringe, like, in mm-hmm. that. I, I think he could certainly be well into that top 30. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. Um, When there was that rumor that they were happy to potentially move on from him over the summer, I, I almost... We almost fainted. Listen, I'm just saying that I think Ben and Tobias would look really good in that Thunder Blue. Mm-hmm. I think that they would really... And I think the fine people of Oklahoma City would absolutely fall in love with Tobias Harris. That's yeah. it. He reads books. Um, they could use it out there. 
I'm going to say the most obscure player on there. Not saying that it would happen, but the most obscure player on there is Chris Middleton. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetInTheWholePod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Yeah, I don't. Where he's not like a superstar. Yeah. But, like, Daryl Morey would be like, yeah, he would, like, alter, like, what we're able to do on the court. Sixers would love to make that trade, I think. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's funny because Chris Middleton is, like, the better Tobias. Yes. <laughs> like, he's, like, they signed, to, like, Chris Middleton that contract. He's like, yeah, they kind of had to. We signed Tobias that contract. It's like, we didn't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't have to do any of that. I don't know uh, who. I don't know. What negotiation tactic was used um, in that discussion? But uh, we should be using that going forward for all hostage situations or terrorist negotiations because that's how terrifying is Tobias Harris's dad? I don't know. He must be that's his agent. I'm imagining Tobias just, but just kind of like bigger. Yeah, just burly Tobias. Man, (sighs) but yeah, Chris Middleton, SGA. I could see both of them being on that list, honestly. That'd be great. That would be amazing. Um, quick uh, tap into the gridiron before uh, we get into our survivor segment for the night. Uh, Matt, are the Eagles going to a playoff run? <laughs> certainly seems like be. it. They it just certainly seems like it. They're 5-6 and six with the potential, if they run the table, somehow to have 11 wins on the year. Absolutely ridiculous. And... I don't. I don't know how you feel. Obviously, you and 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 your dolphins being on a a run of their own. Um, I don't know who the dolphins are anymore. So, <laughs> Matt handshake emoji, Hootie and the Blowfish. The dolphins make them cry. Um, Jalen Hurts seems like a franchise quarterback. We tried to tell you. People wanted to uh, mortgage the future for Russell Wilson. I was just happy to give him a chance. Yeah. And I think he's done well with that. He's done well enough that I don't know that you're like really like thumbing through the Rolodex this offseason no. trying to figure out who who you're going to replace him with. He now leads if, the NFL in rushing touchdowns by quarterback. If Russell Wilson does become available, I think you you know might have to make that call. But um, yeah, I think he's been fantastic. It's kind of funny that we all shit so hard in Sirianni for the planting flowers. Uh, stuff and since then and since then grown like, a beautiful like, garden yeah i mean it really has like we're in full autumnal blossom right now everyone's got green thumbs um green kelly thumbs <laughs> say it right <laughs> the uh i mean they have the easiest strength of schedule remaining for their final six games when they play the giants the jets they have a bye week which i think couldn't come at a more perfect time for how they're playing to just get healthy for that final stretch. Then they get the Washington football team, the Giants, the Washington football team, and then the Cowboys in a game that might not even matter for the Cowboys. Or it might. You never know. It might. You never know. Uh, I just want to look at the the NFC really quick to get uh, my bearings. I think the Vikings and the 49ers are the only teams ahead of the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, The Saints are, but the Eagles now have that tiebreaker. 
Right, and you also have the the Rams still to mm-hmm. still to contend with. Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> you're somehow right there still. Fully convinced the Eagles are going to play in the wild card round against the Cowboys. Yeah, so the Rams, Vikings, Saints, 49ers, and then you're still with the Panthers, and the Washington football team is somehow also a like competitor for you for the that spot as well. So and you have the tiebreaker with the Panthers, right? Man, stupid. The Eagles were the ones that broke the Panthers too. Yeah, they made Sam Darnold see ghosts and made them bring back Cam Newton. So I guess we're rooting for the Bills tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, big time. Go Bills. Uh, and unfortunately, the end of an era, Jason Garrett got fired this week. <laughs> you know, like, it's like the right choice, but it's also like, was that top priority for you? <laughs> like, well, now, call and plays. Uh, it's like you get in a car wreck and you're like, well, I'd like my, you take it to a mechanic. You're like, well, I'd like the, the windshield washer fluid uh, restocked. It's like, well, like, that's okay. Smart. It's winter coming up, but like. You are missing three times. Yeah. <laughs> Your back window is smashed in. Uh, I saw this tweet as well. In 26 games that Jason Garrett was the offensive coordinator for the Giants, they failed to score 30 points. Doesn't help that you have Daniel Jones as your quarterback. That's also very and true. And that offensive line, the shape that it is. The football uh, capital of the world, Duke University. Um, but, Matt, let's get into our buffs and snuffs survivor discussion for the week last week the double tribal tons of just like flip-flopping and uh two of our favorite castaways send packing and nasir didn't even get his uh rightful walk off out of tribal as he had to just go sit right on the jury but nasir and evie both out of the game now tough one tough week tough tough people to see go i enjoyed watching them both but um it was a good good episode mm-hmm. in the fact that I, I do always kind of like the uh, the twist of separating go to tribal. It can screw people, and I think some people might have. I think we might have been on for a different different people going home if it wasn't for that. But this was uh, Nasir. I think, I think we even said this last time. You should never tell people that they're going home with like any time left before tribal because you never go it just it can go so sideways for you Mm -hmm. and like all he had to do was just like placate heather yeah and i don't know that he goes home like i think he's probably fine so i just think um i think it was a tough look for him i think ultimately his downfall is that he's too trusting and Mm -hmm. maybe didn't have the social game we would have wanted him to be and went home with an idol in his pocket went home with an idol in his pocket that's tough evie I feel like this was uh, this was time coming for Evie. Yeah, just <laughs> managed to like escape it uh, for a few weeks, but man, just caught up to them and uh, tough to see them go as well. Um, leaves the game in an interesting position now because you obviously have kind of the dominant uh, for the culture alliance, mm-hmm. which does seem to be like melding together. It seems, although there is like friction with Shan and Deshaun, but. Um, yeah, like I think it's hard to see anyone outside of that group winning. I think Xander still can, but it's like a very narrow path for him now. Like he's going to yeah. have to win immunities. He's going to have like I'm especially not... as long as Liana is still in the game. Liana I've... it was a little strange, right? How much she hates him. It is weird. I found that like I was like, "All right, like 
Look at his face. <laughs> like, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't that know serious. What, yeah, I don't know. I I guess because he was like kind of like in um in her mind, he's like the guy that like made her like look embarrassed on TV. Yeah, that might be part of it. Who knows? Maybe Who there's something knows? that we didn't see that he said or did that like really yeah. annoyed her. But maybe she doesn't like butterflies. Maybe. Um. But that's going to bring us to our top three up, top three down. I mean, right now, the top three up, it still seems pretty, you know, coherent across the board. Sean, Danny, definitely, I feel like, are, are locked in. Yes. They're kind of running the show now. Um, who would you have in that final spot, though? I think Ricard. Yeah. I think he's is similar to uh, Danny in that he's like a – a partner in an alliance where the other person seems to get a lot more of the attention. Now mm-hmm. that could work against him, of course, but um, but he seems to be even more so than Danny, from what we've seen at least, is like way more in control of like the strategy. And Shan just kind of goes along with what mm-hmm. he says. Not that she's like <laughs> like at his lap or whatever, yeah. but yeah, I, I think Ricard has been really, really strong, and I've liked a lot from what I've seen from him. I think he's in a very, very strong position in the game. I think could definitely I could see Ricard winning this game. And I think uh I think all three of those guys are, are in a, a good position. And then the bottom three I have Liana in my bottom three. She just seems to like always say something that like puts her on the precipice of like shooting herself in the foot. Yeah, she I think we forget too that like sometimes people are very young yeah. and it's interesting because JD, Xander and Liana are like all within I think like a year of each other. Mm-hmm. Like they're all like young people, but it's like you could not like JD I think was the most I don't mean this in like a negative way, but he was just he was just immature. Like yeah. you could tell it was like not like it's fine. You're young. I, if you had put me on TV at his age, I would have totally. also been stupid. Uh, um and Liana is like a little more mature, a little more like well thought out. And then Xander's like wow, like Xander you like <laughs> like, you intellectual yeah like xander just has a different way i think of understanding and um i think a much more mature sense top bins top tier commentary top drawer upper 90 you already down. know you are already no I think that's how it always goes like 45 minutes and we're at like Chelsea. What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Bins time. What's up? We're back. Yeah, Liana, for me, it's hard to see how she wins. 
it's still Heather and Erica in the, in the bottom three for me. It's it's tough to see. Erica, I've been more impressed yeah. with, and apparently, like people are like Shan is like obsessed with getting her out. So she must there must be something Erica's doing that we we just don't really see. Maybe she is just very nice, and people like tend to just like her. Um, we know that she's good at puzzles and things like that, and I don't know. I <laughs> yeah, I have Shan in my bottom three right. over Erica right now, just because even more so than Liana, like, Shan is just so, like, erratic and, like, always seems to try to be, like, four steps ahead of what she actually needs to be, and I feel like that's going to be her downfall. Yeah, I think the only thing for Shan is she still seems very much within this alliance, which could, um, which could obviously benefit her because that, that could get her further in the game, whereas Erica does not seem attached to anyone, Mm -hmm. so... It's going to be interesting. We're going to go catch Survivor. Hopefully you all have a uh, happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Listen to this podcast episode when you're in the kitchen, doing all that good stuff, traveling to wherever you are. Be safe, uh, be healthy, and if you're in the area and attending the uh, Vineland Millville game, I'll be there calling the game up in the booth with Rich Scarpa and check out the Dan Russo Show now out on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast feed. Be sure to follow us on social media at Underground PHI, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, follow the Get in the Hole guys because Friday with the match going down, they have a ton of content pumping out right now on social media. So check that out at Get in the Hole Pod. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Holidays are right around the corner, and all I want for this holiday season is podcast subscribers. Subscribe to the podcast, leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know. How you feel about Bryce Harper winning the MVP? Enter our jersey giveaway. It's our pin tweet at Underground PHI. All you got to do is follow us and uh, retweet the tweet. Let us know how you feel about this Eagles team. Do you think they're going to the playoffs? And uh, all your gripes and everything about the Philadelphia 76ers and any Survivor stuff as well. Leave it in the podcast reviews. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know they're five stars. You can also check us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are there. Big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. The homies over at Tomahawk Shades. Use promo code USP at checkout at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your order this holiday season and at all times. Uh Stateside Vodka, go to statesidevodka.com, get the Black Label Bourbon, the Vodka Soda Party Packs, all that good stuff at statesidevodka.com. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, use the Kenny Tracker at kenwoodbeer.com to see who's got Kenwood on tap. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. This has been a Thanksgiving Eve edition of Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 380. For Matt, I'm KB. Until next week, we are signing off. Peace.